0: Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by audible.com and you can go to audibletrial.com slash sign up for a free trial of audible.com and then go exploring. Check out all of the audio content that is there. I think you're going to be uh, surprised at how much there is to listen to. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for entrepreneurship, small business, sales, marketing, leadership, communication, social media, you name it, a whole bunch of topics. And that's really because of the guests. These are uh, people who have expertise in particular areas of business. And they join me for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Today is no exception. My guest today is Kristen Kurth. Kristen has an accomplished career in both upstream and downstream marketing. She's worked across a wide range of industries, including consumer and luxury goods, financial services, automotive, healthcare, biotech, and more. She's the co founder of Equibrand Consulting and is also co author of the book Upstream Marketing. Thanks so much for joining me today, Kristen.
1: Well, thanks for having me, thanks.
0: I'm happy to have you here. We're gonna be talking about um, upstream marketing and I would actually like to start with asking you to explain the difference between upstream versus downstream marketing frameworks, please. Sure.
1: So in our book, we talk about, uh, we, we use a fishing analogy, which is a great way to think about this. Um, I think the short answer is that upstream marketing is everything that happens before the hook is in the water. So when you think about fishing and I'm not a, an accomplished fisher person. So I do know though, when you're thinking about fishing you're thinking about the t- kind of fish that you wanna catch. Know what method you're going to use, whether it's you know fly fishing or bait casting, what tools do you need the rod, the reel, and then you know what which lake, river, pond, um, and at what time. So it's everything that happens before, and that would all be upstream, and then downstream is what occurs, you know, when you really bait. And cast the line you know when you're really i say it's everything that happens before you know upstream is everything that happens before you push send or post um you know on social media and downstream is what happens as a result of all of that um people get it mixed up you know in terms of when you ask them what is marketing yeah in general so so this kind of clarifies You know, we're really talking about the upstream piece of this. This is where our our experience has been. I've been in both, you know, having been in the advertising industry, but upstream is where our company focuses and what we've written the book about.
0: Okay. And so just for the listeners, will you explain why companies need an upstream marketing framework?
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, and it's funny, this is in, in our consulting work over the past 20 years, we see companies, some of the largest, you know, fortune 100s, down to startups that have a difference in terms of how they approach strategy. And what you find sometimes is one person's strategy is another's tactic. So you'll say, you know, to a group of You know, very experienced people sitting around a table. You know what what is marketing, and a lot of people come up with, well, it's you know, it's the brand, it's what the brand stands for, it's you know what comes to mind when you say the name or they see the logo, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, marketing in its simplest form is about meeting customer needs profitably. So whether you're a startup and have five customers to whether you're a multi-billion dollar, you know, multinational strategy is about understanding customer needs and then building your unique value proposition so that it aligns with the needs of the customers. So what are the benefits that you as a business are going to uniquely deliver? What are you going to stand for in the minds of your customers as, you know, as positioning?
0: Okay, so um, don't most companies already have this in in place or do you think it's something that, you know, like small businesses or even medium-sized businesses are missing?
1: I think it's actually very much what small and medium-sized businesses are missing. Mostly, I think a lot of big, you know, disciplined companies with a lot of resources often have um you know marketing research as part of their ongoing business um you know something that they do naturally and i think smaller organizations and entrepreneurial organizations have um you know a unique understanding of their customers because they're building something you know for someone and even though a large organization is doing the same you know they go about it differently when i do work with small companies i find that they internalize these things like well the positioning what we want to stand for Um, well here's our product here are the attributes of that product and and hear the benefits that we offer they're more internalized by the by the you know a smaller organization what ends up happening is you know they're oftentimes even in large organizations not written down not really you know thought through and built through combining the principles of insight you know types of researches you know research mm-hmm. both quant and qual and mm-hmm. you know putting it together strategically and having it live within the, you know, the, the minds of the people who are delivering the business proposition day in and day out.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I can see that when, when you say it. Okay. In the book, you talk about um, three key principles, insight, identity, and innovation. Is there one, of, one that is more important than the others or one that should be implemented first?
1: Um, You know, and I I will say that it's really not, there's not one that's more important than the others. In fact, you know, we say the combined principles of insight, which is gaining, you know, internal clarity and deeper customer understanding, identity, which is building strong value propositions and brands, and then innovation being, you know, ensuring that a continual stream of solutions know, customers needs, throws together, magnify the effect and the growth of the business. And we've seen this and, and have many examples of, you know, really leading upstream marketers like Google and Amazon and Apple and Southwest Air in our book, Disney, you know, they all combine these principles. And in some organizations, that's another thing that's missing. You know, they use insight as well. We do a ton of research. We talk to our customers all the time. Well, how are you translating that insight into a winning value proposition? You know, those are some of the questions we might ask. And then, well, what's going on in innovation? Well, we're going to, you know, we're going to launch in a new market next week. We're expanding our playing field. Um, That's not enough. You know, innovation strategy requires some incremental ideas through, you know, transformative ideas. What's going to change our customers lives in a, in a profound way.
0: Okay. I appreciate that. That makes a lot of sense to me. I I had a feeling that they all three, you know, they are key principles. They all three play pretty well together, but um, you never know if, if there's a, right. If there's a hierarchy or something.
1: Absolutely. And you'd be surprised. I mean, really successful companies oftentimes are really good at you know, insight and identity, you know, yeah. building their brand. They're really in tune, you know, with what drives their customers. But the unfortunate part is competitors are developing new products faster, better. You know, to any any brand, we always say any company with a technology advantage, um, you know what, you can be out spec next week. And a lot of our clients have seen that. And it's, you know, we've seen a lot of companies that either flourish or you know, flounder. And it's because they just don't have the stream of ideas that will, you know, take them to the next level, right. you know, products and services. Even huge companies have that issue.
0: It feels like it, it needs to be an ongoing practice. Is that right?
1: It truly is. It's like, and, and the word practice is exactly the best way to describe it. You know, upstream marketing is a practice that can be employed in organizations over time. It's not a chore that needs to happen over you know, a discrete period of time. Now we could get at all the, the necessary components of it, you know, in a matter of three months, you mm-hmm. know, in, in working with the company. Um, but it's something that needs to be looked at, you know, continually um, and really refined at, at, as you go along. Everything about strategy work in our minds, it's about, creating it and then testing it and learning from it. It's just like, you know, lean product development, same thing, same idea, you Mm. know, applies here in strategy. We're continually iterating.
0: Interesting. Okay. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I want to continue the conversation. So hang tight. Uh, The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com and you probably know that audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from if you didn't already know that i'm here to tell you that is true in all different genres you may not know about all the other content however there are podcasts and guided meditations audible originals i mean so much more and they're adding more every day so check it out for yourself go to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth sign up for a free trial and go exploring. If you're like me, there's a couple things you're going to notice. You're going to notice that one of the cool things is that you can get that variety of content all in one place. So you don't have to go in and out of of platforms to get it. And you can listen to it across devices, you know, anywhere you are, no matter what you're doing. So just amazingly valuable um, to anything that you're interested in listening to, frankly. Uh, So like I said, sign up for the trial, check it out, enjoy, go exploring and enjoy. Today we're speaking with Kristen Kurth about upstream marketing. So Kristen, these principles uh, work for small businesses as well as bigger enterprise companies, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. And, and, um, let's talk about the pandemic. Sure. Okay. So, <laughs> cause it's a thing. Um, has there been an impact to upstream marketing because of the pandemic? Do you think?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, you know, when, when we started writing this book you know, over f- five years ago, we were writing it to help small businesses to help um, students of marketing, to really take the the high level of consulting and the frameworks that we bring to our larger clients, because we think they're so applicable to smaller organizations. I personally like to do a lot of work with nonprofits and they don't have budgets for big consulting projects. So we wrote the book to kind of narrow in on some of the issues of of the smaller business. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, interestingly across the board you know the world paused and the business um the businesses both big and and small had an opportunity to you know kind of look at what they were doing strategically i kind of liken it to you know a lot of people not me but a lot of people out there you know took a moment to clean their closets at home or (laughs) clear out the garage Now, I'm not saying I did that, but it was a chance for perhaps a small business to say, you know what, let's really look at what our strategy is here. You know, a lot of spending downstream went on, you know, went on hold. So it was a great opportunity for businesses to take a look at, you know, the, really the engine that drives their business, their strategy. And so the pandemic, you know, there were so many businesses that have had to pivot to, you know, develop entirely new business models. And in order to do that and do it quickly, they really needed this discipline of upstream marketing to lay the foundation for what they're going to look like in the next, you know, two to five years.
0: Okay. It has been an interesting time. I've noticed that as well, that it's given a lot of companies an opportunity to just really evaluate and assess and you know change practices or even implement things that they had wanted to implement for so long but just never got to because the everyday of business was happening
1: absolutely especially in entrepreneurial and small organizations you know, this is the stuff that a lot of, you know, it, it's happening also in, you know, huge businesses when we say, okay, so let's take a look at what research you have. And well, we have it somewhere, we're not exactly sure where it is, but we know we have that. And some of it resides, you know, really in the, you know, minds of the people who are working on the business day to day. But, you know, it, it, it's not something that's always front and center. And it's something that you know, needs to be a part of any business that's trying to drive growth. Um, it's often the missing piece. So yeah, I think, um, you know, like you said, it's, a, it's been a good time for companies to really take a look at this, really make sure that they have, you know, everything in order, because why would you go downstream and start spending, you know, precious resources in social or digital marketing or, pay, you know, whatever it might be If you don't really know, you know, what the purpose of that is, right? Basically, if you get your upstream strategy, right, everything you do downstream is so much easier, and so much more efficient, you're not going to be wasting money, because you're going to be able to answer the question, you know, why are we doing this? What do we expect from this? How are we going to measure it? And that's really the beauty of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see that. All right. So if someone's listening and they're thinking to themselves, "Okay, I, I should, you know, be doing this," uh, is, is there like a specific first step or a couple of steps that they could implement, like starting tomorrow morning, to get the ball sure. rolling?
1: Yeah. Sure. So, um, you know, we have a little seven step process, and you know, this can be done formally with lots of research. It can be done informally you know, with the kind of keepers of the brand strategy. But in, you know, the first step to doing all of this is really taking a look at where you are. We call it a three C's analysis. You know, let's look at our company. You know, what are the assets? Everybody, you know, knows SWOT analysis. And, you know, it's kind of like taking, you know the temperature of the company today. What do we have, Where you know, where are we lacking? Um, The second C is looking at your customer deeply you know, what is it that, that this is the first question I think in that is if you can answer the question, um, what do you know about your most important customers that your competitors don't know? You know, there, therein lies some competitive advantage. The third C is looking at the, you know, the competitive environment, um, you know, really closely at what's going on around you. So you kind of set, you know, your, you know what, you know, the three C's, and then you start creating a customer framework and in order to do that that's where the rule of research comes in you can do it informally you know when we talk about qualitative research everybody thinks uh focus groups are out you know they're so lame and nobody wants to spend money on them certainly they're you know they they are expensive to do a focus group but a focus group can be done with you know whatever it is five people who are your customers sitting around a table and you're you know having pizza and asking questions you know it doesn't have to be super super formal formal you know we do ad hoc research all the time it's really just trying to understand you know what segments exist you know what how do our customers you know cluster around certain attitudes you know a, a lot of times you know when you're talking about well our target is you know the millennial or whatever that might be you know targeting you know the richest targeting exercise is looking at whether your customer's a millennial or, you know, somebody who's in their, you know, 70s, you have to understand what it is that, what is it that, that makes them cluster around this attitude toward your category or your product. And that's where we like to see segmentations, you know, across customer landscape. You can always find out what the demographics are. You can find out who bought what, you can find out where they live and how they, you know, how they live. But if you can segment your marketplace based on attitudinal factors, you're going to have a much richer view, you know, of your customer landscape than your competitors might have. So it's really, you know, starting with the, you know, the beginning, the three C's analysis and then creating a customer framework. And then from there, it goes into, you know, how do we decide where we're we're going to play, which markets, what customers, what products? Are we going to, you know, align to serve the needs of who we think will be the most profitable people to serve? You know, and that's kind of the first part of phase one, I would say, is, you know, determining in, the, in, in your overview, you know, where you're going to play, who we're going to serve, how we're going to target, you know, and what, what yeah. we're going to stand for.
0: Do you think that, <coughs> excuse me, that when companies do this sort of research, do you find that sometimes they discover opportunities that they didn't realize existed?
1: Definitely. Therein is the magic, you know, in our opinion. If you have a really good framework, you know, this could be scribbled on a, a piece of paper across the top, the various segments in terms of you know, how they look at a category. An example would be some work that we did in nutritional supplements. So when you look at that category, you have different types of views around nutritional supplements. Some people are really, you know, let's say, call them label readers. They check out everything that they're, you know, they're taking in. And across the the top, you can see some are more medically driven. Some are more, you know, I just want to live a healthier life. Some are, you know, really passionate about natural you know products or whatever it might be. And then, you know, down the left-hand side, you really map out what are their attitudes, you know, what it what how do they feel about, you know, the category and, you know, from there really understanding what they're buying now, how they operate, you know, where they buy, you know, what are their demographics, etc. um but Definitely this start and this framework is, is, you know, where the magic is because you can go in there and say, you know, we really haven't thought about the fact that there are all these people who are out there listening to Dr. Oz and they're really motivated by key thought leaders in the market. Maybe that leads to an idea where we create a new product for those people, you know, that really is different from the one we might create for the people who are just natural, natural, natural You know, that might be a different look and feel. That might be a different product line. Um, You know, we might do something a little bit more mainstream for those who, you know, get their information from different sources. Finding, aligning all those targets and then picking within there where we see opportunities is exactly the point of this. Marketing.
0: Yeah, and and I love this whole concept of, Um, really identifying what their attitude is toward the industry you know or the product or or the service or whatever it is because I don't think people necessarily pay attention to that and I can see as you're talking about it I I can see the how different that is from just well you know they're they're millennials who are you know live in this sort of an environment and whatever you know it's beyond the just the characteristics
1: definitely and and you know a lot of businesses miss that you know you you'll Mm. ask when you you know the first thing somebody can answer is this well who's your target and when they define it in you know demographic age related you know terms oh my goodness there's so much that they're missing because again You know, when you're out there, it's definitely easy to buy media. And I think a lot of people think about it as a media buy, but it's more important for how you look at your portfolio of products and services. You know, who are we serving? It doesn't matter if they're 18 or 80. It matters that they view the category in this way. Another example is, you know, and we've done a lot of work in automotive and you can imagine there are people whose attitude toward buying a car is, you know, I just need to get from point A to point B. And you can probably imagine people in your life that are more like that. They're more worried about the functional attributes of a car. On the other hand, there are people who are like, oh, I just bought this fancy car because it's a statement of, of who I am and the fact that I'm successful and I've arrived or whatever it is. It's a badge value. Yeah. Those are two very, very different attitudinal segments. And they can't be defined by age, necessarily right. income, necessarily, you know, part of the country or whatever the demographics might show.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a great example. Thank you.
2: Sure. Yeah,
0: that is a great example. Wow. So, so Kristen, I, I mean, I I really appreciate this information. It is it is a bit of a different way of looking at this thing, but it's so valuable, I think, for especially small business owners to understand the importance of you know the upstream framework in their overall you know marketing efforts. Um, so, so can you tell them, uh, you know, how they can find the book, how they can find oh, sure. you know, and,
1: Oh, of course. So we, uh, you know, anybody out there can go to, um, upstreammarketing.com and you can download a free chapter. The first chapter of the book, um, it's, it's available on Amazon and, you know, barnesandnoble.com. It, there's a, a free offer going on right now through Goodreads. Where you can um, try to ask for a, a free copy, and so there are lots of places. But um, you can download the Kindle version. We're working on an, um, you know, an audio book right now. Nice. So, and you are welcome to text me or you know email me. You know, my email is at upstreammarketing.com, and I'm always happy to answer questions or you know, things that you're, you know, you're thinking about, and, you know, we're trying to figure out how to get it done. This, the book has a ton of these frameworks, there are tips in every chapter. Um, so there's a lot of instructive material, I think, that'll help you, you know, start enacting this in your own organization.
0: That's great. I, that is great. I find it always helpful when people have something actionable that they can do with, yeah. with a book. So um, they can get from point a to to at least point b uh so thank you so much you know and listeners that this is just a great um area of information you want to really learn about this because this can be a game changer it can make a big difference in in how you're handling your marketing and how you're getting your message out there I would also like to spank, th- excuse me, thank our sponsor, audible.com. You can go to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for the free trial and go exploring around all of the audio content that is there for you. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, Goodbye and good day. Somewhere out there, there's a man on a park bench eating his 500th PB&J. He has no idea Papa John's has new Papadillas that are way better than a boring sandwich with Papa John's best meats, cheeses, and veggies hand-folded into a crispy flatbread crust. Someone better tell that man. Get a new Papadia in one of four flavors for just six bucks. Better ingredients, better pizza, better than a sandwich, Papa John's. Not valid with discount fees and taxes, extra prices may vary.
1: Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives so you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design,